welcome to the Alberta Wedding Podcast, a platform for Alberta wedding professionals and couples to connect, learn, and share ideas. I'm your host, wedding videographer Kevin Marr. With over 100 weddings behind me, I'm your guide to all things weddings in this great province of ours. Well, it's a really, really exciting week here on the Alberta Wedding Podcast. I'm here at Planet Studio in downtown Edmonton with my good friend, Jeff Ramsey. Jeff, how are you doing? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me here. Yeah, this is really exciting. This is something that is brand new to the podcast, uh, doing a, uh, a mixture of a live music and obviously we're going to get to know your story here in a short bit, but thanks just so much for uh, coming in. Absolutely. So speaking of your story, I really want to dive deep into how the the rock star Jeff Ramsey, the origin story, how that all began in your early days. Yeah. So I grew up here in Alberta in a small town called Millet. My buddies and I uh, in junior high decided we wanted to start up a band and just start playing some music. And yeah, it we had so much fun being in in a, in a small group with your friends, you know, we go to a, you know our drummer's garage and, and start jamming in there and getting all the, the neighbors up and angry at us. And we started doing some little shows here and there, a lot of open mic nights. And you know we'd play at the school assemblies and that kind of thing, dance, school dances, and uh, just get some experience from that. But I also joined concert bands and choirs in junior high and high school. I did some jazz bands and um, yeah, all throughout my school life it was it was a lot of music after after graduating high school i wasn't sure exactly what i wanted to do yet but i kind of wanted to be in the arts somehow so i went to McEwen for arts and cultural management and that showed me sort of the business side of the arts business and what what opportunities were there right so it got me in touch with a lot of people in the in the business and so from there on i took some time off uh, just to work get some money and then i went back to McEwen for the contemporary jazz program there. So I studied guitar, jazz guitar. That taught me so much about about the craft and how people can make a living doing playing their instruments. I have to ask. Yeah. What was the name of your rock band growing <laughs> okay. up? So the very first one was our, our band name was Mannequin. Were there mannequins in the band? No. I I can't exactly remember the reasoning behind the the naming, but <laughs> I yeah, love it. It was spelled really strange too. Anyway, yeah. It's got to be artsy, right? It can't, yeah. Yeah. That's right. That's right. But yeah, we, we recorded uh, demos on cassette, cassette tapes. And, uh, and, what are cassette and, tapes? Yeah, I know. That, most people nowadays. so foreign. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, ancient, ancient recording. We're not uh, old devices. folks. Like, we're not that old. <laughs> so you gravitate towards jazz. And I'm just curious to know how that came about. Was it just like organically or just like influences that, you know, your parents or no not necessarily uh, McEwen has their music program based around jazz jazz music like the U of A uh, has music uh, music diplomas as well but they're they're teaching through classical music essentially but the theory is the same doesn't matter what genre yeah. it is music right? theory is music theory. Yeah, yeah yeah it's just McEwen uh, was more more contemporary you know they did more more jazz rock blues pop you know they dealt in that kind of stuff and so that was yeah, just more my more my jam. So, what was the type of music you were listening to growing up? A lot of rock music, I'd say. U two, Smashing Pumpkins, yes. you know that kind of stuff. Radiohead, yeah, yeah, 
Yeah, I was really into that kind of stuff. So, did you ever see them live? Yeah, I saw you two about three times. Yeah, yeah, I saw them once. Uh, yeah. I think it was 2011 that they were last here at Commonwealth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was there. I was yeah. there too. Yeah, yeah, phenomenal. Yeah, just incredible production and uh, just stage performance. And yeah, definitely those those guys are were some of my uh, idols growing up. What was about them that really like? I would say the songwriting and the guitar player for you two. They call him the Edge. And I just, I just thought his playing style was was incredible. And he uses a lot of uh, effects, like mm-hmm. uh, delay effects and reverbs, and like all this stuff that a lot of uh, guitarists, other guitarists, don't quite get into, like at that level. Like his, they call him like the sonic architect, right? He's, yeah. You know, half of his sound is like him, like fiddling around with like knobs and stuff, and it's just very to, distinctive like, sound. Like, yeah, when you hear yeah. U two, like those riffs at the beginning of some of those songs, yeah. like you know it's a U two song. Yeah. So I, I really wanted to try to recreate a lot of his sounds when I was growing up, and yeah, I was influenced heavily influenced by by them for sure. Have you ever thought of having like a stage name, like the Edge? <laughs> yeah. uh, like, what would it be? Like, if you I had a stage know. name, I, I really don't know. Just Jeff. I don't know. Yeah, sure. Jeff. Yeah. <laughs> the Jeff. So you're going to McEwen and you're doing this formal education. Like along the way though, like did you ever think looking down the road that you'd be like performing live at weddings and, and live events? And No. Even like halfway through McEwen, I was like, I was still unsure as to if I wanted to pursue this as a career. Mm-hmm. Right. And then a good good friend of mine kind of convinced me like, yeah, you should Finish, finish off this uh, this program, and then just uh, start talking with people in the in the industry, and and because obviously there are a lot of people who make a living off of mm-hmm. what they do, right? Uh, whether it's musicians or paint, painters or artists, you know. And so it's just a matter of figuring out how they do it, and then if you if you really want to do it, then yeah, it's it's possible, right? So I figured it out. Yeah, I figured that. Okay, like this is what I have to do to to make it work, and make enough money to to make a living and you know obviously there's like sacrifices that had to be made but i figured out yeah you know what to do with uh with all that stuff do you want to talk about those sacrifices or maybe the challenges like you face along the way because it's, it's never a straight line to the top yeah so some of the challenges i think I think nowadays, like social media, for instance, is like a huge aspect of starting a business mm-hmm. and at the time, you know, I barely had a working website. Like, I, I was, it was just crude me just trying to do something, you know. I didn't hire anybody to do all that stuff, right? And right. If I were to go back, I would definitely try to hire, like, somebody to to help me with, you know, designing a website or, you know, some, some kind of social media manager, right? But uh, luckily, my wife is very tech savvy, and so she helped me along along the way. And she designed my website and... Same you know. here. Oh, yeah. I yeah. got a graphic designer as a wife. That's right. That's right. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Thank you. We were smart. We were smart. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> thank goodness for that. So, yeah. Definitely helped uh, help me gain a, a larger following because of that, right? And, and getting Instagram started and all that stuff was, yeah, was essential. So, yeah, it's an interesting time, right? Having a, having a business nowadays. It's, it's like you need social media and you need all those, those different platforms to work. Right, and and people are obviously consuming media in so many different ways now. Like it seems like each year there's a new social media network out there that you have to get on top of because that's where the kids are now. Yeah, TikTok, right? Like 
I had to start up TikTok just because I wanted to be still relevant, I guess. Yeah. Or, you know, just try to, to get clients. Oh, you can find me on, on TikTok here, right? It's not just Instagram, but yeah, it's, it's amazing how, how everybody, you know, almost everybody is just watching these, these little video clips. And, you know, that's, that's how some of the most businesses are, uh, are sharing their, their products these days, right? Or services. Well, and that's how Justin Bieber was found. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, like exactly. it was, I mean, he was a small town kid in Ontario and I think it was Usher or someone found him yeah. through social on YouTube. Yeah. And YouTube. Yeah. Yeah. He's done a couple things since then, but, uh, so you just finished McEwen around 2008, I think. Yeah. 2008. Yeah. What was next for you? So the next thing was getting a job and, uh, I figured out that um, teaching guitar lessons was like the, the easiest and and uh, it was a, a steady source of income. So I went to, I, I was teaching at a music school, Caesar School of Music. Yeah, I was trying to figure out like, okay, like how many students do I need to be able to, to have this work? And so I was teaching, I think, about 40, 45 students for a, for a long time. And, and then slowly I realized, oh, I can... I can actually, I don't necessarily have to be working at somebody's studio. I can do this on my own. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I started up my own studio from my my house. And uh, and I also offer services where I would go and do house calls. So I'd just go to the, the client's house. And so that was sort of the thing I did for the next seven years. But in between there, I was also gigging. Yeah. Right? yeah. So slowly getting into weddings and private events and corporate events as well. So. Well, this is a, a really fun episode, as I said at the beginning, because we're not just going to be talking. We're actually going to be hearing you perform. That's right. And so we've got three songs lined up today. Do you want to uh, share with the listeners the first song you're going to be singing for us? Sure, yeah. I'm going to start with um, Until I Found You by uh, Steven Sanchez. And this is a song that uh, I think is going to be trending, or it is trending, I guess, already, but especially for weddings, I think a lot of a lot of brides are going to be asking for this one. Awesome. Well, without further ado, uh, take it away. All right. Fall in love again Until I found her 
Jeff, that was amazing. Thank you so much for that performance. You know, this is just a, a little taste of what you can expect with Jeff when you uh, bring him to your wedding or any live events or obviously you've been teaching. And I really want to get back to that a little bit in the sense of you mentioned like obviously the stable income is great. When I got out of school, you're just looking for someone to take you on, right? Yeah. Uh, just get that, get that break. What did you learn through those years of becoming now like a teacher now you're not the student anymore you're the teacher mm -hmm. now like what did that teach you as a musician but also like someone who's like teaching these you know young inspiring artists that are wanting to follow the same path as you right yeah so i would say just exploring different genres of music is such an interesting and fun thing to do because when i was like in high school let's say I had a really awesome music teacher. He just passed away actually earlier this year, but uh, we went to his uh, celebration of life. And just to see how many generations of students came to see to celebrate his life was just phenomenal, right? They even had like a, a jazz band set up playing old tunes, you know, and love it. yeah, just showing uh, all, all the different aspects of, of, uh, of his life that mm -hmm. he had such a huge impact on, on so many people, right? That was just, it's very special to me, right? Like, he didn't just teach you about, about music. It was, it was life lessons too, mm. right? And that's kind of how I want to approach that whole teaching aspect uh, for my students, right? I want to I just show them like, oh, you know, this, sure, yeah, let's, we, can, we can learn songs that really, that you enjoy listening to, right? Mm. We can also learn songs that sort of challenge you and maybe, you know, you don't know necessarily like what what this artist is about or what this genre is, but we can explore it and then you might find something new and exciting. It's about, yeah, it's about exploring. That's what it is. Exploring, um, yeah, stories, right? That's essentially what, what art is. It's, it's storytelling, right? And so music is just one way of, of telling stories. And so, yeah, we're just exploring that. What were some of the challenges that you faced during those days as someone who fresh out of school yourself you're an artist first and an instructor second. Mm. Did you come across any like backlash or like any obstacles along the way during that time? Yeah, sort of. I guess um, a lot of artists have sort of ups and downs in terms of their creative drive. Sometimes, um, yeah, you get to a point where you just have that creator's block or writer's block, right? Mm -hmm. Where like, oh, what should I do? I feel like everything's been done before. Yeah. 
And so then you have to sort of step back and look look at life through a different lens and and try to find you know new ways to express yourself and I found that to be very challenging but if you keep at it you're always going to find that creativeness I think right you're going to find it and then you're going to yeah you're going to jump on it and, and and get into it right so for artists out there I would say yeah just don't give up now because you were dealing with so many different artists you know that were aspiring and and obviously everyone has different tastes in music right but as someone who you tend to lean towards the, like the jazz yeah. side yes did you ever find it challenging you know trying to teach someone who like wasn't necessarily a jazz fan but like maybe they're more of like alternative rock or oh for heavy sure. metal you know oh, yeah, like anything no. like that like oh yeah i have students who are super into like hardcore metal or they're just into rap or you know whatever specific genre no i don't no. i'm terrible at rapping <laughs> but i'll still teach it right like there's always going to be some kind of a chord progression or melody that can be taught right okay and so it doesn't matter yeah, I found that it doesn't matter what genre you're into or what kind of music, there's always something to be learned from it. And that's, yeah, I think that the, the, the student, my students love it, right? They can learn absolutely anything, really. It doesn't matter, yeah, if it's hardcore metal or, or you know, just soft jazz or mm-hmm. this or that. Yeah, there's, there's always something to be learned. So you're going through these years, you're teaching. When did you know, like, you wanted to branch out and, like, really get into performing live as a solo artist because you've you've been in a band before mannequin you know <laughs> uh, you won't find it on google or on youtube <laughs> no. uh, no. but if you have uh, a cassette player you know just uh email uh, jeff and he'll send you a, yeah. a demo tape yeah, that's right yeah yeah when did you know like that you wanted to take it to the next level i think um like i've always kind of wanted to perform in some way or another right but to make it more of a career I think the choice came, it was probably after graduating McEwen and just seeing a lot of my friends, my colleagues who were also gigging mm-hmm. at the time, right? It's like, oh, they're doing it. I should definitely get on board. And They branched out from the garage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just trying to get into different venues uh, in Edmonton here or, or beyond that or going on a, a little tour. You know, I did that with uh, with my one of my groups uh, called Fool's Tongue. And, uh, Fool's was, tongue is yeah. that another like cassette tape only? No, like, no, we're that's uh, on Spotify now and Spotify, like, okay. streaming platforms. Yeah, check out Fool's Tongue. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> but yeah, we did like a mini tour across uh, Western Alberta or Western Canada. Sorry, in a van like you lived in a van. Yeah, yeah, I loved it. Uh, yeah, was it? Yeah, we took a little trailer, a U-Haul trailer, and went to different campgrounds. Uh, in, in BC. In Campgrounds. Sta- yeah, yeah. So you weren't going to like dive bars. You were going, it's like, no, like that's not for us. Like, <laughs> no, no, no. We're no. more we, hip than that. We, like, we, we're going straight to like the campfire. <laughs> no, we stayed in campgrounds just because it was cheaper. Um, Makes sense. But uh, we had a good time doing it. So. What was the genre of that music? It's sort of a cross between, I guess it's, I consider like alternative rock. Okay. Yeah. But sort of like world, world music as well. So do you remember the first wedding you ever performed at? I don't. It might have been my best friend's wedding. This was, I don't know, it was like 20 years ago. He's uh, He was also my bandmate. And so he incorporated a lot of live music into his into the ceremony. Yeah. And so he's, his plan was to sing his fiance down the aisle. Oh my God. This was at the um, Botanical Garden, the pavilion. Yeah. The Botanical yeah, yeah, Gardens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
And so, yeah, I was playing guitar. He was playing um, something called the Chapman Stick and singing. And he sang um, Fields of Gold by Sting. Once he saw his bride at the uh, coming up, uh, he started to, to cry and he, he couldn't sing anymore. So I ended up stepping in halfway through and, and finishing the that's song. A good, that's a good best yeah. man yeah. <laughs> right there. I would say, yeah, that might have been the first wedding that I played at. Yeah. Yeah. I'll say it's evolved since then. Yeah. When do you think, like, your, I guess, your freelance gigging really took off? Like, do you remember when it really, like, just, like, got to a point where it's like, okay, I got to step away from the the teaching now. I'm a rock star now. Like, <laughs> uh, like uh, I don't know exactly. I got exactly, groupies. I got yeah. groupies following I me. Like, I don't know exactly when it happened, but I'd say in the last, in the last, like, five, six years, it's definitely picked up. And so now I've capped my student limit at like 25 students. And then the rest of it is just gigging. So the busiest I, I've been was the last two years, uh, 2001 and 2002. Um, so I played about 140 gigs. 2011. Oh, sorry. No, 2021. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I played about 140 shows that year. That's incredible. Yeah. It was a lot. It was a lot. Like that's more than what some of these like big artists do. Yeah. It was a mix of. Weddings, uh, like retirement homes and private events and, you know, a few corporate stuff too, right? So, um, yeah, it's just, um, I'm happy to be able to, uh, yeah, to get get all that work and uh, being able to do that. It's, I'm, I'm very uh, privileged and very lucky to be able to do that. We're very lucky to have you here and we're going to get you to sing another song here. So do you want to share with the listeners uh, and our viewers the next song you're gonna be uh yeah so this uh i'm gonna play jazz to an old jazz standard called misty yeah one of my favorite jazz pieces uh so here it goes enjoy look at me i'm as helpless as a kitten up a tree i feel like i'm clinging to a cloud I can't understand I get misty Just holding your hand Walk my way And a thousand violins begin to play There might be the sound of your hello That music I hear I get misty the moment you're near Can't you see that you're leading me on And it's just what I want you to do Don't you notice how hopelessly I'm lost That's why I'm following you On my own When I wander through this wonderland alone If knowing my right foot from my left My hat from my glove I'm too misty and too much in love Too misty and too much in love
Well, Jeff, that was amazing. I might have had some uh, misty eyes, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, listening to that. But, oh. Yeah, no, that was amazing. Thank you so much uh, for performing. We have one more song at the end here, but uh, let's get back into well, performing at weddings. Yeah. You, you said like the last two years were just absolutely insane, which it was for like everyone in the industry, right? Like now we're starting to see things coming back to normal, but walk me through, I guess, the process when couples do reach out to you for your services and the, the whole journey from the inquiry to the big day. Yeah, so uh, I usually get contacted through um, social media or through my website. Okay. And they'll ask, are you available on this date, this time? And I'm saying, yeah, yeah, I'm good for that. And uh, we go over what kind of ceremony package or maybe it's maybe they just want the music for their cocktail hour mm-hmm. or first dance or something. But yeah, we talk about details about their ceremony and what their day is going to be like. And then we get into what well, sort of once we figure out what package they want, then we go through a contract and then they pay a retainer uh, to secure that date. And then from there, we can talk about the music. Uh, they may have an idea of what they want for their ceremony or maybe they don't have an idea. And so I can give them a list of my full repertoire, uh, which is like 400 songs, and they can kind of pick and choose from there. Other times they might want me to write a song for them, right? Maybe they have uh, a special backstory and they want to turn that into a song, right? So I can offer that kind of customized song service for them. And then, um, yeah, closer to the date of, of their wedding, uh, we'll have we'll make sure that you know we have the order of the songs figured out yeah. for their processional. Right, we want to make sure we know who's walking down the aisle, how many people are there, how long is it going to take roughly, and then from there I can put together, yeah, piece together uh, the uh, the songs. And uh, I guess part of the process of being a, a wedding musician is knowing what's going to happen. And then being able to adapt right on the fly. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes uh, the bride uh, or the wedding party might be walking uh, at a slower pace than than you think, right? So that means you're going to have to extend the song, yeah, yeah. right? Which is definitely doable. You just have to expect something like that to happen. So you always yeah, have to be ready. To really read the room. Yes, really read the room. And so I've oftentimes, um, they'll be walking very fast down the aisle and you're like oh wow they're really going down so that means i'll have to cut a certain section of the song maybe or yeah loop another section just to make it all work nice because you want to make sure that when the bride is like walking up or the groom you know right at the front that's sort of the climax mm-hmm. of of the of the moment right so you want to make sure that the best part of the song is right when that happens and when that happens it's like oh it, it's just this amazing feeling right yeah, the chills, goosebumps, right? right? Yeah. yeah, and when I when I do that, I'm like, I've done my job. I, I've really made it special for them. Do couples usually ask you how you work with DJs? Or like, I've done a lot of weddings where they've had a DJ, but also a live musician like yourself. How does that work with those dynamics? Yeah, so I often say DJs are are great if you're looking for somebody to get the room hopping like. I don't do a lot of receptions myself, but I recommend DJs for uh, receptions. Mm-hmm. I'm more of a laid-back sort of background music kind of vibe. And so um, I'm, I'm tailored more towards, you know, ceremonies and cocktail hours and that kind of thing. So Yeah, because you're not like on, on the middle of the dance floor, like on your knees, you know, <laughs> ripping it up, right? Yeah, At yeah. like 10 p.m., right? That's not your jam. No, but I'm happy to like collaborate with DJs too. I'm looking forward to like... 
I don't know, a, a reception where like there's a DJ and then they'll have me also playing along with the DJ. I think that would be such a cool thing. I think it's for rapping too, because I know how much you love rapping. <laughs> oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Let me work on that. But I'm waiting for the day. So if there's a DJ out there and wants to collaborate uh, for a, a wedding reception, I'm down for that. Well, there's a few DJs that I know for a fact that uh, do follow this podcast uh, oh, that yeah. I've had on yeah. here. So maybe we'll have to uh, <laughs> have a future collaboration yeah. here. Um, what are some misconceptions that people have when it comes to booking a live musician? Uh, what are some of the rules or limitations? Because there are some limitations, obviously. Sure. Yeah. Like, obviously, I'm, I'm just one guy. So I'm, I'm not going to sound like a full band. So they have to know that. I have a specific kind of sound, right? Mm -hmm. And I can't play every type of music, but I can get close to a lot of different things. I had, the other day, I had a client ask me if, if I can sing in Spanish. And unfortunately, I can't, but I can definitely learn the song uh, as an instrumental, right? Mm -hmm. Or I can, I can still use like a recording and play that too and play along with it, right? So there's certain kind of limitations that way. In terms of... Um, let's say, like, maybe a venue. Well, just like rights, like, because you're playing covers. These aren't your songs. Are there any rules when it comes to, like, who's paying for that? Because, you know, DJs, they pay into... Right, yeah. So there's something called a SOCAN fee or a license, which the venue will typically pay for. So that, yeah, that's taken care of by the venue. And it, it's not something that clients usually have to worry about. Because it's just an annual fee that the venue have to, has to pay towards SoCan. And then that allows them to play any, any kind of stream, streamed music or recorded music in their mm -hmm. venue. So I think it's between like $10 and $70 a year for, for a venue, depending on the size of the venue. So That's so minimal compared yeah, to... Yeah, yeah. So I don't think that is... Yeah, I don't think clients have to worry about that. So. Are there any other like misconceptions that couples have when it comes to you know booking a live musician? Do you travel like you're based out of the Edmonton area, but so I do travel like within Alberta. I don't think yeah, I haven't been asked to like travel outside of Alberta for not yet, like, not yet. But this podcast, maybe so. yeah, this will help you. Yeah, Hopefully, maybe it'll, maybe it'll become a destination. Uh... We can go on tour together. <laughs> I'll film you, like. Yeah. That would be awesome. Be we have awesome. to bring our fedoras, though. Okay, yeah, definitely. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's part of the deal. Yeah. What are, I guess, you did so many weddings over the last couple of years. Did you ever, like, hit a point where it's like, okay, it's too much? Like, did you ever hit that burnout point? Or you're like, you know what, did it start feeling like a job? Because I know sometimes, as artists, we start losing that, like, that creative juice when we're playing or performing or editing or filming, mm -hmm. it, it starts becoming a job and you just, sure, part of yeah. you kind of like goes away. Yeah, yeah. It was being in the wedding industry, you're, you're giving up all your weekends almost, right? And uh, throughout the summers, yeah, I was, I was performing, you know, two, three weddings almost uh, every Saturday and Sunday and even on some weekdays too during the pandemic. But um, it's, you know, if you're willing to give up that kind of time, then then great. But some, for some people, you know, they want to they want to have time for their families and mm -hmm. this and that. And so, yeah, it was it was a little a uh, little hectic the last couple of years, especially uh, on weekends. So, I mean, this year it's uh, cut back a little bit, right? So it's it's more pre pandemic levels in terms of uh, the the workload. 
So uh, that gives me time to hang out with my wife and, and my cat. And so, <laughs> okay, you haven't that. talked about your cat at all. <laughs> like, is your is your cat your like your, your tour manager? Like, let's let's get yeah, the, she's she's the boss. Yeah, you know everything revolves around her, and so we yeah, we are slaves to her to her cat. And, yeah, uh, I'm same with that. with my dogs. Yeah. Like they they run the house. Yep. Yeah. No, I'm I'm happy to be a a parent, and uh, yeah. Well, you got to pay for that catnip somehow. And so what do you typically charge for your services? How does that kind of work out? Yeah. So with the uh, the ceremony uh, packages that I offer, they start at uh, 350 and they go up to about 500 And that includes prelude music for when the guests arrive, uh, songs for the processional and uh, a signing song and a recessional song. And sometimes um, maybe some post-ceremony music as well. And then for I have an hourly rate for cocktail hour and dinner. And so it's about $200 per hour for that. And that's pretty comparable, I would say, like yeah. to I'd other musicians, so. yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, I'd say so, yeah. And did you have to adjust your pricing during COVID at all? At all or like um, I did have to increase my prices a bit, yeah. But also because uh, inflation and you know things are. What's this word? More... Inflation? I've never heard of this. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> everything's more expensive now, so having to yeah having to deal with that, gas and just traveling and yeah. Now we're coming closer to the end of this podcast. Uh, I can't believe it's almost over, but uh, just a couple more things I wanted to touch on. What are you really excited about this year and beyond? Yeah, so I have a bunch of weddings lined up this year. And I'm already booking into next year. So, of course, I'm very excited about meeting new clients and um, going to like new venues. Uh, there's all these cool wedding venues that are do popping have, up. Do you have a favorite venue? I don't have a favorite one, but... Um, He's such a nice guy. He, he can't pick <laughs> there's, favorites. There's a lot. There's a lot of, of uh, venues that I, I really enjoy playing at. Uh, yeah, I'm always excited to run into... Uh, other vendors, right? And you too, right? Like seeing seeing familiar faces. It's like, oh, this is going to be a good a good time, right? Yeah, good team. So, so how can people find you? Like, what's the best way? Yeah, uh, so they can find me through my website, which is jefframsey.ca. Um, you can also find me on Instagram and TikTok at jefframseymusic. And uh, yeah, that's probably the, the easiest way to get through to me. And I almost forgot to ask, but any memorable stories? Oh, yeah, sure. This was, I think it was about four years ago, I played a wedding at the um, UFA Botanical Gardens, and it was mid-September, and they were expecting it to be slightly colder, and it was around, I think the forecast at around 10 degrees, and this client had hired a violinist, I believe, but even at 10 degrees, it's almost too cold for for like an outdoor wedding for instrumentalists. Yeah. That's because it affects their instruments, right? Mm-hmm. And so uh, she, this, this, I guess the violinist opted out. And so I got the call at last minute. And that day it snowed uh, about 10 centimeters and it was zero degrees. So and it's like Jasper today. Yeah. Yeah. And so they had to move the wedding to the pavilion, which is a sheltered area, but it's still open. And it's not heated, right? So we're all freezing our butts off, and my hands were so stiff, and my instrument was constantly going out of tune because just it was too cold. And the guitar that I was playing uh, had a nine volt battery in it, and it actually died halfway oh, no. through the ceremony. So I was like trying to figure out a good way to like get to 
get back to my guitar case, which has extra batteries in there. Yeah, but it was a, it was a struggle, and even even the bride was like, it was just shivering, and I felt so bad. Right, it's like nobody wanted to necessarily be in that environment mm-hmm. at the time. Right, they just wanted to like find some warmth. Yeah, <laughs> but we've all committed, right? Yeah, so. exactly. Right, so you just got to do it. But um, yeah, I, I'll never forget that. I'll be like, I gotta always have extra batteries like right with me. I gotta have like layers on, right? Just teaches you uh, things about outdoor weddings. <laughs> yeah, you just can never predict what's going to happen, right? Yeah, I, I mean, some of the more memorable weddings are like themed weddings, right? I had a client who had a Harry Potter wedding themed wedding and it was it was amazing and you're a harry potter fan i didn't know much about about harry potter actually until i i did the wedding but she had like little wands made for everybody and they uh they rented out an old like a school to do this and they dressed up the school to look like hogwarts and i learned the theme song from the harry potter and played that for the wedding and that is not the last song he's playing just to give you a heads up (laughs) no but yeah yeah some uh, fun fun weddings for sure that i've done well, speaking of the last song, what is the last song you're going to uh, sing for us? Because you're going to sing us out here. Yeah. So this one's uh, Can't Help Falling in Love with You, uh, made famously by Elvis. Such a classic. Yeah. And this is still one of the, like, the number one requested songs for uh, processionals at weddings, which is amazing. Yeah. So, I love it. Yeah. We'll, uh, we'll uh, finish off with this one. Well, Jeff, thank you so much. It's been an absolute pleasure to have you come down here and talk and perform. And yeah, we're going to have to definitely do this again. Thanks, Kevin. Yeah, it's uh, it's been a wonderful time. And uh, yeah, I'm glad we could do this. Well, sing us out, buddy. Here we go. Falling in love 
Well, that's it. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Alberta Wedding Podcast. Each week, I will pull back the veil and introduce you to the faces behind the brands that you love in Alberta. Your feedback matters. It would mean a lot to me if you could leave a review and let me know what you think of this episode. Until next week, stay well and be merry.